Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you confused about hiring? You're not alone. Majority of leaders struggle to figure out who they need, in what roles, and when, and how these people will have the greatest impact on the growth of their business. This is why we created People Strategy Sessions to do a deep dive into your business and help you build a clear roadmap on the talent you need to drive sustainable growth. We dive into your greater why, where you are today in your business, where you want to go in your business from a growth standpoint, and ultimately, who do you need to enable that growth overall? For more information, please send an email to Jackie at JackieService.com or feel free to reach out at JackieService across all platforms. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. I have a brand new friend that's joining me on the show today, and we are talking all things hormones, which is a topic that is near and dear to my my own experience. And it will be actually the first time I'm publicly talking about my hormones on a podcast. So Jen Pike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored that this is where we're going to have the conversation and have you share. Let's do it. You know, I was thinking about as you were coming on the conversation that I wanted to have. And as I was sharing it with a lot of women in my world, they just kept saying me too. I want to know more about that. I want to know more about that. So we are going to use me as your guinea pig here to like debunk some of these myths that are out there and really share some of the truths that are going on in our world of hormones. Let's do it. I'm excited. As I said to you before, I'm like, this is my jam. Let's go. (laughs) I love it. Well, let's do a quick rapid fire for people to get to know you a little bit better before we dive into your story and then some questions all around hormone health. Brilliant. Okay. Where are you from? I am from work in Ontario and I live in Kelowna, BC now. Beautiful. A favorite book that you recommend to everyone? Oh gosh, there's so many. I would say um, The Alchemist or The Untethered Soul would be the top two. And The Big Leap. There's three. Okay. You know what? Untethered Soul is the book I hand to everyone. It's one of my favorites. And the whole idea of you have an inner roommate that lives between your ears has been something that has grounded me in a lot of ways as I've uh, grown and continued to develop as an entrepreneur, woman, human. Yeah. I love that one. A mentor that has really supported you in your opening up your perspective, changing philosophy, really enabling you to do what you do today. 
I've had, I'm lucky, I've had quite a few, but going back to my early days, it was a man by the name of Jack Doak who owned a gym where I got my beginnings. And I say I earned my MBA in business on the couch in his office, sitting and learning and listening. He was, he was not a boss, he was a teacher mm-hmm. and really helped me understand what it means to be your own business and your own product and um you know what true work ethic was and to lead from that place of passion and if the moment you started to feel yourself say that's not possible to flip that script and ask yourself well how could it be possible and i'm really grateful grateful for him there's no way i'd be doing what i do in the world in the way that i do it had i not been mentored at you know my late teens and early 20s by him i love that i love the people who can really shift the trajectory of your life by tuning into their wisdom, their lived experiences, the the opportunities that they've had. And I love being in a place of service and being on the end of that when mentors are able to say like, hey, these are things I've already learned. Why don't you try X, Y, and Z in, in your business? It really has helped me as well when it comes to mentorship. I love it. So let's talk about that a little bit. What are you up to right now? What are you doing? How did we get here? Let's talk a little bit about your story. So I have been in practice for almost 27 years now. I started really young, right out of the gates. I grew up in gyms with my dad. My dad has always been super active and fit. And by the time I was six, I was going to the Toronto Fitness Institute with him regularly. And by the age of nine, I was teaching, you know, kids cardio dance vibe classes. And Mm -hmm. by 17, I was teaching the adults, the aerobic classes. And I always loved it. I loved movement. I loved you know, watching the human body, feeling it myself, exploring it. And I started my journey off as a medical exercise specialist and strength and conditioning coach. And I worked all with athletes, majority of them being men. Um, And it was super fun, but part-time I was working with a lot of women and a lot of moms and I wasn't a mom yet at a gym locally. And I just kept thinking to myself, like these women are like warriors and everyday athletes of life. And I was just so, interested in what was going on in their world and them carving out this time. And then what I started to recognize was, you know, exercise would get us to a certain point, but then we had to layer in proper nutrition. And so for me, then I went back to school in 2001 and became a registered holistic nutritionist and then started to apply that to how I was training conditioning clients. And then that elevated the experience and the results. But then those same women were starting to talk to me about things that about their hormones and their thyroid and their sleep and you know trying to get pregnant and then postpartum and all these different things and i was like there's something else here that simply the exercise and the nutrition isn't going to touch you know just on its own and so then i dove deeper into starting to understand more about the endocrine system and really understanding blood chemistry so that i could at least be a conduit of support for them when they were saying i don't feel fine i've gone to my doctor i've asked to get blood work this is what they've run they're telling me i'm fine i don't feel fine and i was like okay this line of fine is what's keeping so many not just women but humans as a whole but women are who i was working with this is what's keeping so many of us stuck in this suboptimal place of health and so i started to go deeper into that then i became a mother for the first time and i was like mm. whoa <laughs> this is different that you know you can hear people's stories and you can have empathy and you can like think that you're really holding space for them and listening but until you have gone through the experience of it it's a completely 
new paradigm of understanding and support and then also desire. So for me, when I became a mom, I had this deeper desire because now I felt how my body shifted getting pregnant through pregnancy, postpartum, now raising this little human that I was like, I do not actually know what I'm doing and going through all the different changes and I was still running my business. I didn't have the luxury of having, you know, a year of mat leave and those types of things. So it really, this became like a new evolution of not just birthing my daughter, but birthing the woman I was becoming and the business I was birthing. And I'm so grateful for it, you know, and, and that really spurred on. And then a few years later, we welcomed our son. And then again, new dynamic, you know, having two children versus one. My husband was running his own company at the time as well. And I just remember feeling so overwhelmed all the time. And I felt like I was constantly like, chasing after my paycheck, driving to teach here, training this client there, doing a workshop over here. Like I was in a million different directions. And I just remember feeling this energy of like, Jen, you need simplicity and ease. Like you need to be in one location. So the universe is like, this is her postal code, deliver all the abundance and all the goodness, like right here, instead of trying to figure out where I was. And so I opened a brick and mortar. I had a beautiful studio and, you know, functional medicine practice. We had, you know, I had 26 employees. I had 500 members. It was the most incredible and hardest thing I ever did in my life. And um, I've talked a lot about this in my own podcast and different things, but it it grew me, woke me, shook me, um, burned me out, built me back up. And I wouldn't be here today had I not gone through the whole experience. And then I sold it. Mm. And that was then again, another birthplace of what I was doing out in the world. And about 15 years ago, I fully focused my practice on women's health and hormones because I was like, there's so much more here than we've ever been taught. We're not empowered in our bodies. We're confused. We're being dismissed. We're overwhelmed. We are struggling. We are hiding the struggle. We're numbing it with habits in our life. We're not talking to our girlfriends about the things we should be talking about so that we can feel like we are actually not alone living on an island of suffering like so many women think that they are. And that's what I started to dedicate my business and my practice and my focus on. And it's just bloomed into, you know, there's so many branches of what it is that we do now. But at this point, I run a program called the Hormone Project Academy, which we run globally. I have a women's wellness clinic with five other functional medicine practitioners that is virtual. We have an online movement studio, and that's what we do on the health side of the company. Oh my gosh, I have literal goosebumps. <laughs> it's like you just explained my story and all of that. <laughs> and See, this is it. It's like we think it's we, we think it's just us. And then when another woman starts to talk about it, it's like, oh, and this is the most common thing that women have said to me, Jackie, is where were you when I was going through it? And I needed to hear this then because I was so alone and felt so isolated. And at the end of the day, I really think, you know, my 30 second elevator, you know, pitch message mission is to really change that so that more women realize you are not alone. Mm, so powerful. It's incredibly powerful. There's so many uh, parallels to even what you're talking about. So as, as I, as I was prepping for having you on today, what was interesting as I started to really sink in and sit with what were some of the experiences and emotions that I felt as I was moving through my own, own hormone experience. And to give you a little bit of context, I grew up an athlete. I was a swimmer. I swam at a very high level. I was always very, I'll say in tune with 
kind of mind, body, soul. Like I always had this intuition that was greater than and was physically strong and physically fit my entire life and uh, left swimming and joined kind of corporate America at that kind of transition time to join a career and got to this point in my life in my mid twenties, where now in hindsight, I can say that I was burnt out and not seeing some of the signs, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, all I could tell you at 25 years old was something feels off. Mm -hmm. Something's changing. Something's different in my body. Symptoms like hair falling out, weight gain, and not being able to lose the weight, which had never been an issue. It was like, work harder, eat less, and we'll be fine as kind of the methodology that everyone was telling me to, to go through. I spent an entire year. It was 14 months going to doctors and explaining to them that something was off within my body. And I had blood work done. I did stool samples. I did um, everything that a doc would give you. I asked for, and I demanded that we do it because there was just this internal knowingness that something was not right with inside of me. I was dismissed every time. I was told I was a perfectly healthy 25 year old girl and to run along and that every one of my blood work uh, results was in range and to continue forward. And it wasn't until I really had to be an advocate. It, It was that kind of at that 14 month mark where I just kept going back in and just knocking on doors and saying like, something is not right. Something is not right. Trusting at that point in time that somebody would eventually listen And that was the start of my, of my hormone journey. When I walked into a doctor's office who finally decided that it was time to do some different type of testing, I ended up getting an MRI and we found a adenoma in my pituitary gland. When you were describing those early symptoms, my brain was going to your thyroid, which Mm -hmm. the pituitary and the thyroid are, I mean, uh, a whole system of very important connection because your pituitary gland is where you're secreting your TSH and your mm-hmm. FSH and your LH and communicating with your ovaries. So, okay, tell me more. Yeah. So this was, this was this whole, um, and that's what, that's what everyone kept saying. Your symptoms are, are suggesting that something's going on with your thyroid. So we did a bunch of thyroid panels and thyroid testing and the thyroid was coming back clean from all intents and purposes. And yet it was when we did the MRI that that's when we ended up finding the pituitary adenoma. And I would say, you know, that experience within itself, when I go back to that lived moment and even the moments for the last decade since then. So that was, I was diagnosed with that right around 27. I'm 37 today in the mix of that. I've had twin girls. So there's multiple things that have happened. Um, But the words I use, and I wrote them down in my journal this morning is in this trajectory of my own health, coming from a landscape of being an athlete, being physically strong, physically fit, my body was changing. I was unable to lose weight. It continued to spike and the inflammation continued to swell. And I felt so ashamed, alone, confused. And I witnessed myself as much as I still am extroverted, on a camera and show up, I witnessed myself starting to hide. Mm -hmm. I was shrinking away from friend groups. I was shrinking away from wanting to go to this dinner or wanting to go to this event or saying yes to speaking on a stage. I started to almost remove myself from the openness to do the things that 
I had been building a business to do. So post that, there was a transition into entrepreneurship. I've run my own business now. I birthed my babies in business at the same time. So all sorts of good things. But that's the beginning of my hormone journey. And when you talked about how we're so easily dismissed and how we have these feelings and we feel so isolated and alone, like me freaking too. You just literally described my story to a T and I had no idea or I felt so ashamed in my own story because I was physically changing the way I looked. And the narrative in my head is, oh, people don't think I work that hard anymore. People think maybe I'm not going to the gym as much. Whatever the story was, I created a narrative around that. So I'm so curious. Like I know women come to you all the time with this type of story. I can see it in your expression. How do we start? I'm curious for you with all the noise out there right now around health and wellness, how do we get through to what the truth is and debunk some of these myths that are just really scattering our brains as women? Uh, There is, um, you know, I was just meeting with my team yesterday of practitioners and I said to them, you know, we are sitting in a time right now where because our accessibility to so much information and a massive variety of information from hundreds of thousands of experts, like not one expert, but everyone is an expert and everyone has like, this methodology is the one to do. And this is how you want to live your life and move your body and feed your body. And these are the supplements and all of that. And it's so overwhelming. And even if we were highly educated, it would be overwhelming, but it would be less so because we would have had a foundation of having a connection to our body before things started to go awry. Mm. And that is really the biggest issue. I think Jackie is that because we have been living in these bodies for, for so long, but actually not truly connected to the body we're moving through in our life. Like this is our, this is our ultimate home, the body we are in right now, we get one. We get one. It's like I say, if if you and I didn't like the the shirts we are wearing right now and got a hole in it, cool. We have like a closet full of other ones we can go change into. You don't Mm -hmm. have a bunch of hanging bodies in your closet that you can just like unzip this one and step into that. And so it plays the most vital role in our life, yet we have the least amount of empowering education and knowledge about our bodies of anything else in the world. Most people know how to take better care of the car they drive in than the body they move through their life in. And so when something starts to go wrong, because when we have symptoms, it's now interrupting how we show up in our life. It's interrupting how we interact, the way our body functions. This is big stuff. So we start to double down and get very linear on like, get rid of the symptom. Like we, we keep our eye on the prize, which is make me stop feeling this way. And where I see this as being kind of, you know, the secondary birthplace of where things can go sideways is instead of jumping right into a plan of action, we need to press pause, step back and start to ask better quality questions. And in asking those questions and learning more about, tell me when this started to happen. Let's go back a couple of years ago at that time when things start, what was going on in your life? Not necessarily about like what you were eating in that, like what was going on in your life at that time? Were there big transitions going on? Did you move? Did your parents separate? Did you have mold exposure? Did you have like all these different things? So there is a massive unlearning and mm. relearning that has to happen in the process. And, you know, it's like when you work in the functional health space, 
it's incredible and also sometimes a little bit um, difficult because the average person has been trained societally and through commercials and through magazines and all of that, that you go to the doctor, you if there's a problem, you get a prescription, you swallow said pill and bibbity bobbity, like all is fine, you're healed. And that's not the way that true health works. And even when you're saying, you know, I had all these symptoms, I was an advocate for myself. I went to my doctor's office. I asked for testing. They were running said test. I was coming back in the line of fine. I was within the range. So everything was fine. If you're not the individual who knows a little bit more and like how to have that conversation and what exactly to ask for, or as a woman, because we go through so many different hormonal fluctuations at all different stages of our life, like, you know, you have six-year-old little girls. I, my oldest, my daughter is 17. We both have girls. Our girls are going through very different things in their bodies right now. Like your little girls are a few years away from when you're going to start to see some big onset in hormonal shifts and their estrogen starting to climb and some body changes and mentally, emotionally shifts and things starting to happen. My daughter is coming through the end of that preteen and teen cycle where she's going to be moving into her 20s in two and a half years and a whole new cycle in her body is going to happen. The women in their 30s coming into our 40s, perimenopause, there's so many different variations that we move through. And again, we live in this world where it's like, don't worry about it or care about it until you get there. And that's the problem is that we want to know I want to know now what I need to prepare for in the next 10 to 15 to 20 years so I can get in front of it and I can truly take care of my body so it doesn't feel like the rug has been pulled out from underneath me, that it doesn't feel like I have zero connection understanding of my body. All I know is I don't feel okay, but I can't verbalize or articulate to someone exactly what that means. And so it's for women, it's like taking us back to this place of origin first, mm-hmm. like If you've never, ladies listening, anyone listening, if you've never gone through the exercise of writing a timeline for yourself in your life, I highly recommend this. So, you know, we're we're taught about journaling and about all these different things and morning pages and brain dumping and all of those are incredible. But when it comes to establishing this connection with your health and your body, a really powerful tool is doing a timeline. And what a timeline is, you literally go all the way back to like, if you have the information, what was your mother's pregnancy like with you? What was the delivery of you being born into the world like? What was your health like as an infant and as a child? And what were experiences that you, did you move a lot as a kid? Did your parents separate? Were you sick for long periods of time and on lots of antibiotics? Did you witness substance abuse in your household? Did you have any trauma? Did like all of these, these things that we think are like, that's just life. That's no biggie. None of us leave here unscathed. So we just kind of brush it under the rug of no big deal. But when you start to create this timeline and you move through your life and then you get into your teens and you're, and all these things, and then you sit back and look at it and you're like, whoa, okay. Like there's been a lot. And for me as a practitioner, when we do this timeline, which is what we do in initial consultations, it's helping to paint the picture of the life you've lived in the body that you have so that I can understand today when you're saying my hair is falling out, I'm gaining weight, I can't sleep, I have no, not just libido sex drive, I have no drive in general right now. I'm like apathetic. I just literally don't give a crap about any of the things. I'm just dragging to get through my day. I look in the mirror and I do not recognize myself. You explaining to me how you feel today 
is the tiniest part of what we need to understand. I need to understand how you got here. I need to understand what influenced that. And as we do those things, and then we run some functional test, could be blood, urine, stool, saliva, hair, could be imaging, any of those things. Now it's like we are gathering the information. This is like the research and development. We have to understand like who you are as this incredible human. And then we can start to create a strategy and implementation. But what we've been taught is, I wanna go for a session. I want all the tests. I want to know it all in an hour. I want a protocol. Give me a meal plan, an exercise plan, all the supplements. And then in 30 days, like I should be good, right? Mm. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm that- on a decade of this sister. <laughs> like, and, Honestly. and finally, finally, I would say in the last two years have realized, have found a different level of patience mm-hmm. with the process and for my body and gratitude for what we've been through. And to your point, we were almost conditioned in this culture for the quick fix and there's an expectation around it. And it's difficult because it's a navigation. I'm curious your experience with this. There's um, with love, not all functional med docs are equal, not all docs are equal. And so depending on their backgrounds and perspectives and how they learned and all great things, So I left the call it Western medicine um, world, the typical doc world and got into more energy work, became a Reiki master, was very entertained with like how the energy works within the body, how it's all interconnected. And then very quickly found naturopathic docs, functional docs, et cetera, to dive into. And that felt more aligned for me. I'm like, okay, we're like on the right path. And yet even on that path, It's been a number of different iterations of docs. And in particular, I'll use one example that has stuck with me all these years. You know, it was about five years ago now, I had a doc that was a functional doc specialized in hormones and the advice, he was male. The advice I was given is you're eating too much and you need to fast more. Mm -hmm. You should only eat in a two hour window. If you can't lose weight, then it just means you're not eating enough. And insert that being a truth in my brain, all of a sudden I'm like shortening the windows in which I'm eating in. And I'm not saying intermittent fasting is bad. I actually think that there's a lot of greatness to it. But when I looked at my own experience of it, you know, with blood sugar issues and estrogen dominance and issues with PCOS and all the, all the lineage in hindsight, that was a moment where like my, my entire physiology and my brain really changed because now I felt like I was doing something wrong. Yeah. I'm just eating too much. I'm not working out hard enough and therefore I'm wrong. And that's how it left me feeling. And I'll tell you almost 30 years of being in the health and wellness industry, very heavily involved in fitness and, and I've done fitness competitions and all of that. And then also being heavily involved in functional medicine industry. And all of that is that forever, the message has been being a caloric deficit and move more. If you want to lose weight and listen, that is actually truth. If we're talking about it on a very like linear semantics, okay, eat less, move more. Sure. That does not take the individual into case. That does not take any of the nuances about what you specifically are going through. It also, you know, in this time we live in right now, which every five to seven years, there's a new energy that we hyper focus on. So we've come out of the other side of paleo, keto, and now it is all about restricted eating, like restricted time eating, 
RTE, and it is about fasting. And there are incredible therapeutic benefits of both when the application is appropriate to the individual. But when all you're hearing is do a 16 by eight or do like what you're describing an OMAD one meal a day or do a three day water fast or do that. And again, you're hearing it from people who have hundreds of thousands of millions of followers, books and accreditations and all of these things. You start to outsource your own knowing for your body of what feels good for what you're being told to do for the masses. And this is difficult because there could be periods of time where intermittent fasting for PCOS and insulin resistance can be extremely therapeutic and great when applied properly. But if the whole main goal and focus is simply to shrink the size of your body, to weigh less on the scale and be in a smaller pant size, it's not a matter of if problems are going to happen. It's a matter of when. So in the beginning, you could use these tactics and be like, oh my God, I feel great. I feel amazing. Now, the issue with that is that, and mo- listen, because again, we work with, oh my gosh, so many women and so many of the stories are similar. The way they get through the majority of the morning with the fasting is with coffee. So it's like, oh, I feel great when I'm not fasting. It's like, well, you're taking a stimulant that's also, you know, like, a, a laxative. So you, you think you're still having like regular good bowel movements, digestion, and all of that. You're getting into that day, you're having whatever you're having and you're nipping it up at night. And this might feel good for a period of time until all of a sudden it doesn't until all of a sudden you're like, I, st- I don't have the same energy in my performance of my workouts and my recovery is not the same. And now my, my composition is changing in my body and my sleep isn't very good. And my hair's thinning and falling out. And my brain just doesn't feel like it's functioning the same way. And to now try and get that woman who has been fasting for a long period of time to actually embrace the idea that we need to actually feed you more, that nourishing your body and and shifting your body composition and how you feel like we need to tap into your metabolic health overall, not just calories in, calories out, stable blood sugar, like all these different aspects. It can be really hard for someone where the thing worked for a period of time. They felt Mm. good. And so it takes us a long time to actually reestablish a healthy balance with eating enough. Right now, the trend we're seeing is so many women want to build muscle and thank goodness they do, because not only is it an organ of longevity, but it's critical for us as we age as women for hormonal support and production, our brain health, our bone health, our heart health, our breast health, like muscle is very important. However, we're saying out one side of our mouth, like I want to build muscle and I want to feel fit and be strong, but then our actions aren't aligning with the goal. Because if you want to actually be in a hypertrophic state, like hypertrophy, you're building and putting muscle on, you have to feed the muscles appropriately. You need to get enough glucose in to store as glycogen and fill the muscle belly. You need to be consuming enough amino acids and protein. You need to be getting a healthy amount of fat, which fat is what's supporting your cholesterol, which is how you actually produce your hormones. Yet everyone's also so worried about cholesterol without realizing unstable lipids, we need to look at your blood sugar and we need to look at your liver health, not just tell you to decrease your fat. So it's so confusing for women. And, you know, when you're trying to build muscle, but you are consuming less than 50 grams of carbohydrates a day, that's going to be really dang hard. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to support your thyroid and so many of these things. So it is, I'm grateful we live in a time where we have accessibility, but I also find it, um, 
very difficult for most people to be able to flush what is coming at them and then have a level of discernment of knowing, is this for me? Is this for me right now? And then how to actually apply it in their life. So, you know, it's like, I know everybody wants just the quick answer and just tell me exactly what to do. And it's really annoying when someone says it depends, mm-hmm. but it literally depends. Mm, that's so powerful. I'm curious for you, for the woman who comes to you and brings, we all do, we all bring all of our own stories, our narratives, the experience, lived experiences we've had. How do you debunk some of the myths that may be intertwined into her psyche or into her belief system to help her tap back into the expression of realizing that our bodies are so innately intelligent and to tap back into things like intuition and gut feeling and knowing within the body. Cause I feel like so often I'm so guilty of this. I seek for the external validation and or answers. And the more I come back home to self, the more I start to navigate or the right door seem to be opening up in my life. I'm mm-hmm. curious for you, how do you, how do you support or what are some exercises or practices you do to bring you back to yourself in a world of what feels like a lot of noise and chaos often? Yeah. So it's a really good question. Um, one of the things I do find to be a really powerful tool is to get a woman who is still cycling to actually start to track that cycle Mm -hmm. to track when she starts bleeding when she stops bleeding to understand these four different phases that a cycling woman goes through every single month so that she can understand and recognize when things are quote unquote regular meaning you know she's got a 24 to 32 day cycle but in there she's like no like i'm it's coming around this time she's tracking it understanding Understanding that as we move through each of our four phases, the follicular, ovulatory, luteal, and menstrual, that we're not just going to feel different mentally and emotionally, but physically, cognitively, there's a lot of different things that are changing. So I think that for a woman who is still bleeding, starting to track your cycle is probably one of the most powerful free things that you can do for yourself because you're collecting data. Mm-hmm. So, and this is it. Like we know this, like even in business, it's like you have to, when people talk about data and analytics and like looking back, like how do you test something and know if it's worked that that is your body. And as a woman, your menstrual cycle is a monthly report card. And we get that. That's a gift. Every single month we get this mm-hmm. tuning fork of like, are we in balance or is there something that needs a little bit of our attention? Now, if you no longer have a bleed and you are, you know, menopausal and post-menopause on the other side, it's still tuning into like, you know, how do your joints feel? Like, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Are you groggy and brain fog? How long does it take you to feel alert when you get up and get going? You know, are you popping and cracking and crunching everywhere in your body and constantly feel sore? Do you notice that you are, you know, we talked about this earlier, like you really are quite apathetic about most things now. You used to be a person who cared about everything. You were the taskmaster. You were like, the busier I am and the more productive, the more I'm winning in life. And now you're like, zero Fs. Don't care. Like, what do I just need to do to get through today? And that can be very hard for women as well, too. And I work with like a lot of women that are executives and entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. where 
they're just like, I don't recognize myself anymore. Like I used to be so on top of A, B and C and all that. And now I'm just like, I don't want to do it anymore. And I think what I've noticed and see is that a lot of women who are ready to quit certain parts of their life or their business, it's when you spend time talking to them, it's not that they truly don't want to do those things anymore. It's that they feel like they don't have it in them. And they're, they're like, they're trying to tap from like a dried up well. And they're just like, my brain and my heart would love to do those things, but I don't have the capacity anymore. So when I'm working with women who are in that place, and I have been in that place, this again comes back to asking better questions of being like, how would you need to be supported? And how would you need to feel in order for you to still be able to show up and do the things that you're passionate about? What do we need to support in your body? Do we need to eat, you know, feed you better, you know, supplement you better, get you meditating? Do you need to get to bed earlier? Do we need to maybe look at doing some bioidentical hormone replacement therapy? Do we need to get you a massage once in a while or see an osteopath? Like what are the things that we need to do that are going to be the, the core ingredients, like the recipe that we're trying to build, which becomes your own strategy for your health? Like, you and I are both mothers, we're both business owners, we both work out, we both have this connection to our body, but your strategy is not going to fit my body and what my strategy needs to be because at the end of the day, we aren't the same people. We're living similar lives, mm-hmm. but who we are as individuals is very different. The other mm-hmm. thing is that, you know, I always say to women, like you start to trust your gut, like you know. Every single mm-hmm. time we say, I don't know, it's actually a lie. We do know. We're just afraid to admit it. We're confused by what it is. We we think we might know. We don't know what the next step is. We're exhausted, whatever. So it's just easier to say, I don't know. You know, like when I say to women, why, why do you feel like this is happening? I, I don't know. Or, you know, when we start working with a woman and we're doing follow-ups and she's like, I'm doing everything and nothing is working. And I'm like, define to me what your everything is. And more often than not, it's that she's taking her supplements every day and is maybe cut some of the foods out. And to her, that means she's doing everything. But when protocols are being created for for women, it's never just about swallow these supplements and stop eating gluten and dairy. They can be part of that. However, it's also, I need you to get to bed earlier and I really need you to reevaluate your calendar. Can you start to do some breath work? Could we get you a little bit more hydrated? Maybe add some minerals or electrolytes to your water. Can I? Can you chew and sit with your food instead of like running on the go? There's <laughs> always these like other little, and I'm using quotation things that we hear, but we don't absorb as being important. We think that all the little stuff is inconsequential to the outcome of our health and once again we are now outsourcing the power and putting it into the supplements the pills you know cutting out the gluten the dairy those things and not understanding they are part those are catalyst they're catalyst they're to supplement they're bridging the gap but your symptoms and your dis-ease that's happening in your body whether it's in your period perimenopause your thyroid your adrenals an autoimmune condition It doesn't matter what the thing is with what I'm about to say. You didn't just wake up today feeling like that. This has been a slow brew. 
This has been happening behind the scenes for a long period of time. When something starts to develop in your body, you are not symptomatic in the beginning. You're still moving through life, doing the thing, not even realizing that it's starting to contribute to low grade chronic inflammation. Your body is a threshold. You can manage, you can manage, you can manage. It's like when you have patience, right? With your kids, you're like, I'm good, I'm good. I'm gonna fucking blow, right? Like you just like, boom, this is your body. I got you, I got you, I got you. Then you start to notice, I'm not feeling as great as I used to. Something like you said is kind of off. That's the slow whisper. And then if we ignore that, or we just try to walk around it and figure out another way to get done what we have to do, the body's like, okay, you didn't listen to the whisper. I'm just going to start to like speak a little firmer and a little louder. And now your life gets a little more interrupted and your body will continue to elevate and elevate and elevate the expression until now you can no longer do something that matters to you. And this is when we start to pay attention. But if we're honest with ourselves and we look back, like you said, now I can look back and realize I was probably burned out. I probably wasn't eating enough. I was training too hard. I was whatever. The, the whole thing for us, like the most valuable lesson ever in our bodies as human beings, not just women, is that when we feel it the first time, believe it and press Ooh, pause for that's a moment. powerful. When you feel it the first time, believe it. Yes. Wow. And we question it. And we go, no, or it's like, it's inconvenient. Not now. I don't have time for that now. Later, I'll work on that. Your body, it, it doesn't work like that. You don't have a tagging system where it's like, guys, she said in seven weeks, it would be better if we would appear with this symptom. So everybody just be quiet right now. And in seven weeks, when she makes time for us to tell her what has to be worked on, we'll show up then. No, your body's like, warning, 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 warning. Time's up. Like I've given you a million warnings now and I, I trust me, I get it. I do this for a living and still some days I'm like, oh man, it sometimes feels hard, but what is so much harder. And I can tell you this because I have worked with very ill people. It is so much harder when you get to that point where you have been suppressing, dismissing, numbing it and ignoring it for so long, that journey is longer harder physically mentally and emotionally it is more stress on your family it is more expensive and it will cost you more not just out of your wallet but your life as a whole if you wait until things get so bad you don't have a choice Oof, so powerful and cannot i mean i'm just placing myself in all of this and seeing myself in all of this and even at a younger age of 25 the amount of whispers the amount of whispers that were there and I ignored and I put my head down and kept grinding because that the energy of uh, overachiever, which I had been raised within from childhood all the way through my athletic career and then brought that into a corporate environment <clears throat> had been screaming at me for so long to take a break and pause. And I just kept leaning in. And so I, I say in my story, a lot of the times it, it was a two by four that took me out across the head. Literally. Yeah. It and knocked me down. Is like, I can relate to that. And I'm sure, I'm sure so many can, is that 
you know, like I said, my, one of my initial mentors was a man, um, but I was also being mentored by my dad in a way of like watching him. And my dad was always in business. And like, I can remember having like business meetings from a very young age, um, you know, of just like chatting about like, well, what do you want to do? And, and all of those things. And it was fun and exciting, but there's a hard wiring that starts to happen where it's like your worth and your value. And especially if you're good at those things you do out in the world and you've been told like you're a natural leader and you're incredible, if this is how you receive the accolades, the awards, the love, the attention, without realizing it, we start to just construct our whole life based on, I gotta keep climbing, I gotta keep achieving. You know, in in business, and this is like a whole nother conversation that we could have because there is a, a, a very different side to this story for, you know, the, the woman just moving through life versus the woman who's running a business. This is a, it's a whole nother conversation to be had, but it's very challenging when the messages that we are always seeing out in the world is you can do so much more. You have so much more power and potential than what you're creating right now. You're playing small. You're living to this much potential when you have this much potential, you can do hard things. And it's like, you know, when I'm sitting with women like this in business mentorship, I'm like, no one is questioning your ability to do hard things. What I'm asking you is what is your capacity to go do those things? That's a very different conversation. Sure is. It's not about ability, capability, any of that. It's like, there is a cost that we have as women in our body that men do not to the constant rising. And if we ignore that, we potentially could have built the most incredible, successful companies, hit all of those accolades. But if we don't have the energy to be there with our partner, with our children, our communities, we're laying our head down at night, just feeling this constant state of depletion. What does any of that matter for? Mm. Jen, we have to have you on for part two. And that's the conversation. Totally. Let's do it. That is the conversation. I'd love to explore that more with you if you'd love to come back on. I know this episode is going to serve so many as, as a foundational tool, right? Let's use this as a foundation to continue the conversation forward. And Jen, you were sharing with me offline, just multiple ways in which women, if they're listening in and tuning in and are hearing something that sparks interest and they want to get to know you and, or understand how to work with you in a better way. What's the best way to one, find you? And two, what are some of the offerings you have that women who like me are still on this journey and are saying me too can be in touch? The best way is on Instagram. It's where I, I spend the most time and there's tons of content there. My podcast, The Simplicity Sessions, we're almost 400 episodes of really rich content about your health, your hormones, like everything we've talked about today. And then if you go to my website, jenpike.com, you can read some of the different ways to work with us. My Hormone Project Academy is really, it's for that woman who's hearing this and is like, I want to learn more. I want to understand more. Like, and this is what I, I teach this personally. And I spend three months intimately with these women every single week. Um, we also do like activity labs where we go deeper into you understanding like your blood work. I invite you to bring it in and, and to know and understand what are these ranges you're looking at or any of your functional testing. So I, I said to you before I went live, this is like the course and program that I wish we had been introduced to as young girls in grade seven, eight, and nine. Mm. So now I'm meeting women where they're at in life and giving them that empowerment. So everything's over at jenpike.com and yeah. 
Beautiful. Well, Jen, I am so grateful. One, that you just allowed me to openly share about my own journey and hold space for me to feel like I'm not alone. Um, it's been a, it's been an incredible experience, just uh, debunking some of the myths that are out there. And I can't wait to have you back on the show because this show is jammed packed with listeners who are high level corporate execs and badass female entrepreneurs who are doing really cool things in the world. And I know this is a conversation kind of 2.0 that they're going to be really interested to hear more of. So Jen, so grateful for you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, guys, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show. Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie Service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show.